Welcome back to Towel History. The Timberwolves season is over. 46-36, and 2-4 and four in the first round against the Memphis Grizzlies. We are here to recap as much as possible, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. Chad, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm still wearing all my Timberwolves gear. The, uh, the frustrating end to the season didn't uh, break my spirit or give me any less reason to keep cheering on my team, although uh, Bally Sports North might uh, make that decision for me. Uh, if you didn't hear, the, the news today was that Dave Benz has been relieved of his play-by-play announcing duties, which uh, Chad and I were talking a little bit before we started. It seems to be like a mistake. Um, we'll see where they go from here, but that's that's just an unfortunate decision for a, a duo with him and Jim Pete that had really built up a good rapport, you know, good a good style, and were respected throughout the league. So that's just uh, kind of some bummer news this morning. Super weird, too. I was That kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't, like when you texted me, I was like, what? Yeah. Why would that be, you know? And I, I ended up going back and reading John Krasinski's article, um, which was sort of an interview with Dave Benz just to kind of see if there was any sort of uh, reading between the lines that could take place, which there wasn't. I mean, I think Dave Benz was as shocked as yeah. fans are, probably more shocked than fans, um, based on the way his response was. But he was classy in how he handled it, even though he's extremely disappointed. Uh, but I don't, I wouldn't have expected anything less from Dave Benz. He's a... No, he's been classic that guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm bummed that he's gonna be gone. I, you know, I can't for the life of me even think of somebody I'd rather have in that role. Um, I mean, you, know, unless... you never know. The, I mean, Ben's came from I think the California area when we hired him a decade ago. So we're not. It's not even like yeah, looking I, for a, that same... yeah, it's yeah. not looking for a GM candidate where it's like at least we've heard of some assistant GMs. Like there are announcers all over the you know the world doing different sports that we've never. It's heard almost of. like the GM search for football where, right. you know, very little about GMs and fo- for football teams yep. compared to like the NBA. Um, like you, you know, yours. Yep. But it's like when the Vikings made the move from Spielman and my dad was all excited because he didn't like Spielman. And I was just kind of like, well, I, you know, I'm indifferent on him um, yeah. Spielman as a, you know, as a guy, but I, I know I like having a GM versus not like not having a GM. Cause <laughs> that's what the Viking situation was before Spielman. We had no GM. Yep. And, if you're asking me who would I want, I have no idea. Yeah, because, I, like, I can't evaluate these guys. Yeah, you can evaluate the really good ones at other teams that you have no chance of getting. Yeah. Like like you can with announcers, right? Like you can identify enough. Like, sure, if we're going to swap Dave Benz for like Kevin Harlan. Yeah, but he's, not, he's not leaving TNT, the primetime right. game on TNT for us. Yeah, so yeah. like short of Kevin Harlan, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the problem, especially when, yeah, especially when we started with Kevin Harlan. Right. It's been only, I mean, I think like I, Tom Hanneman, I thought was a great guy. So I thought he was boring as an announcer. Yeah, right? I didn't, but I didn't enjoy watching the broadcast when he was play yeah. by play. Yep. So I was pretty happy with Dave Benz coming in. Um, but it's like, you know, whenever there's change, you're, you know, to, on the optimistic side of it, like sometimes your first reaction is disappointment and then it's a pleasant surprise. Like when they made the change to Jim Pete, I was like, Really? Like, right. I, I liked our, our crew. Well, now I can't imagine life without Jim Pete either. So, exactly. <laughs> who knows? Like, it could maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be good for Dave Benz as well. Maybe he'll get a better role. Maybe he'll get a, a TNT role. I mean, he's on that level, if you ask me. I think he'd be a better person for um, some of those, you know, secondary groups on TNT than some of the guys they have. So Yeah, they struggle on some of those late night games especially. But yeah. But yeah, so we're going to miss Dave. Hopefully he finds a, a good landing spot. Hopefully it works out the, you know better for him. Hopefully we don't bring in somebody that makes Timberwolves games hard to watch or makes us try to find the uh, the opposing 
teams announcers on League Pass next year. But uh, moving forward, we have uh, we're going to try to do two separate episodes. We've got part one coming out. We'll uh, bring up part two early next week. Uh, we're going to have the, uh, the fun part of this conversation, although part two might still end up being fun because it was a good year. But we are, since this has been an 80s-themed season so far, we took time to relate each player on the Timberwolves to a movie character from the 80s. So we're going to try to uh, go through our lists one at a time, see uh, where we match up, if there are any that we match up on. I bet and you there will be. There will probably be a couple. And then um, figure out exactly uh, if... If we feel like the other one got the the pick right, or if it doesn't match up very well, but hopefully there's some little gems in here. Hopefully everybody listening has a one or two movies that you know really stands out, some some cult classics or some characters that they've long forgotten, and uh, have some has some fun fun with it. So, uh, Chad, you want to go first? You want to pick a player and let me know where we're going? Uh, sure. Well, let's start at the top. Let's start right. with Talents. All right. Um, I chose Maverick from Top Gun. Okay. For Talents. Yeah. Uh, he's sort of the leading man, right? He's this season, he's become a little bit cocky, um, borderline arrogant in terms of like his play on the court and that kind of stuff, which I think as Wolves fans, we enjoyed because mm-hmm. it's been a while since we've had anybody with that sort of bravado um, who could back it up. We might have had guys that kind of had the shtick but didn't really have the game on the court. And so um, it, that's not a slight to, to Cat at all about being Maverick. Um, but, I, I, you know, like... He needed to be one of the more iconic 80s characters because he's like the face of the franchise right yeah. now. He's the, the most important guy. So they're out of all the most iconic 80s characters I could come up with. I thought Maverick felt the, fit the best. I mean, Young, Maverick's a good pick. Yep. He, he comes in. He's brash. He's going to, you know, be loud about what he's doing. And he's super have, confident in his yep. abilities, but also really good. Like, yep. Right. His, his confidence is, is, is rightfully earned. Um, hmm. So. You know, Maverick panicked. He had uh, some panic attacks in the middle yep. of the movie, so it, it works. It works. I went. Uh, I went similar. I also felt like we had to pick a uh, an A lister here for for Carl Anthony Towns. So I went with Marty McFly for Carl okay. Anthony Towns. I felt that uh, Marty Marty always thought he was a little bit cooler than he actually was. He, um, especially with you know some of the guitar scenes, some of the clothes that he wore. He you know he always felt like he was too too cool for school when fit into the Michael J. Fox's body. He wasn't necessarily always going to be, uh, he wasn't Biff, you know, in, in school or anything like that, but he, he always carried himself in that same way. So, um, and then at the same time, he was a, he was a hothead. If somebody called him a chicken, he couldn't help but avoiding, you know, but getting into the fight. So, uh, I think it, I think it matched up pretty well. And then, you know, as, as you discussed, you know, Marty McFly is right up there with, with top eighties characters. So I felt like oh, it sure. had to be, you know, one of those guys for cat. So we have Maverick and Marty McFly for cat. I think both work pretty well. Thoughts. Um, I like them both. I mean, I actually, I had Marty McFly. I ended up not using Marty McFly, which because I couldn't find the exact perfect fit for me. I know the other night when we kind of came up with this concept, I, yeah. I threw it out there as um, for Ant-Man for, because of the future thing. But um, I ended up going a different direction with Ant. And so it was, it, it was a, a huge omission not to have Marty McFly on my list. Like, right, I'll right, say right, that, right. but it's a, a conscious one. Like I knew I, it was like, I had Marty McFly pencil in for a couple different guys and there were certain traits that I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't fit. Um, and so I ended up leaving it off. So I, I think cats as good as anyone. For cool. I think that works. All right. So let's move on to Ant. 
Uh, I'm in a spot where I actually I got stuck between two, and I'm gonna I'm gonna list both of them for you. The first is John McClane from Die Hard, just because they both did nothing but come up with catchy one-liners that you're gonna remember for the rest <laughs> of your life. And the uh, the second one is uh, Josh Baskin from Big, Tom Hanks's character. You know, he, he goes okay. from a kid to an adult immediately, and all of a sudden he's he's not only uh, surviving as an adult, but he's thriving as an adult. He gets he he's gets making everything more fun. Right. He he Everybody slides in there. Around him. The CEO's his best friend. Girls are falling in love with him, and the male guy likes him. Right. Everybody likes him. Yeah. Ho- so hopefully he doesn't at some point realize he just wants to be a kid again and walk away from it all. But but yeah. So I I was stuck between uh, John McClane and jo- and Josh Baskin. So all right. Would you? Well, go? I only had one for Ant Man, and the, yeah. and the reason why I bumped Marty McFly was because I had to put in a different. Michael J. Fox character, and I went with Scott Howard, Teen Wolf. Uh, Ant's the closest thing we have to a Teen Wolf. He was 20 years old this yeah. year. He was 19 last year, so it fit. Um, he, you know, was a oftentimes a one-man show, um, not necessarily because guys couldn't play, but because he was also kind of cocky, kind of like we talked about Cat. Like, there's times where Ant can be a little bit of a ball hog, mm-hmm. a little bit of a single focus. I mean, my brother, who's on a huge wolves fan or like huge basketball fan he likes the wolves but he was over for the first playoff game against memphis and he would just be giggling every time and have the ball he's like he know he's gonna shoot it right like he why is he why is the defense laying it off of him he's dribbling the ball up the court you think he's gonna pass the ball so like <laughs> you know casuals recognize it so right. he just felt like the uh the teen wolf of this team, you know, where maybe some guys even kind of resented him a little bit. Like I think D'Lo by the end of the year was a little bit, not resented. That's probably unfair, but I think D'Lo is a little bit jealous that Ant has sort of become the star um, that he, maybe he thought he at least had a, a share of with Cat. And now Ant sort of wrestled that share away from mm-hmm. D'Lo and he's, he's encroaching on some of Cat's piece as well. But uh, so I just, you know, I, yeah, I mean, you can't leave the most iconic 80s basketball character right, off, off this, this list. list. <laughs> right, I agree with you, and that's why I also use Teen Wolf, except I use him for Jaden McDaniels. Okay. And, and not necessarily because of the brashness of Teen Wolf, but because Jaden had both a Scott Howard and a Teen Wolf part of his season. The first month of the season, he was Scott Howard. He was, he was There was nothing working for him. He couldn't make a shot, couldn't stay on the floor because there was foul trouble. He just, you know, our opinions of him, maybe not your opinion of him, but. Yeah, my opinion is Scott Howard. Right. I went a totally (laughs) different direction. (laughs) You were only more encouraged. I mean, I'm like a John Rambo, Rocky. Like, I'm like a, you know. But so, you know, he completely turned his season around, you know, a couple months in. He was a significant part of the team so that, you know, when we come back into the second part of this this season review, you know, we're going to talk about our, our. stock watch for each of these players whether it went up or down on the season and um, i would guess that he's going to be one of those guys that we're even more encouraged by now than we were at the beginning of the year but you wouldn't have said that six weeks into the season you know he was going through a rough patch and and then he, he was you know finch found him fin, you know, finch gave him the opportunity to play more of a role like you asked him to he wasn't just a spot-up shooter um and he went from scott howard to teen wolf so uh that, that's kind of where i went for Jaden. So for Jaden, I actually have I do have two. Okay. One is not really an '80s movie character, but he's an iconic '80s <laughs> character. Okay. Um, the first one I went with is E.T. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I had him listed down as on my list of like popular '80s characters. I was like, oh god, I can't use that anywhere. <laughs> I know it's because it's gonna come off like disparaging, but it's not. I I think it's because his game is the most extraterrestrial. Okay. All right. On this entire team, like you saved it. He can guard four positions. Yeah. He is, he's got like this freakish length. 
now that his three-point, even his catch-and-shoot corner three-point shot, which is the only thing I felt like was, I mean, in the fall trouble, I'll give you that one too, but was the only downside to his game at the beginning of the year. I think more of that was how he was used. I've contended that all year. Um, but by the from the all-star break on, like he was even hitting his catch-and-shoot threes. And it's like, it's so, it feels like he's from another planet. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to block uh, one of those catch-and-shoot threes? You're already off your the shooter a few feet. And he's like seven feet tall, almost, with like a 12-foot wingspan. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, he's, if, if you're looking for somebody on the roster who can take the next status as unicorn, you know, when, which Carl used to have with his shooting or, or, you know, Porzingis or Giannis, like he's the only one who has the physical attributes to be yeah. more well, than if, his position if if let's say an uh, alien from a third planet came to earth yeah and he you said hey this is our professional basketball team and this guy take jordan mclaughlin and jade mcdaniel say they're the same species <laughs> like it's hard to kind of wrap your head around because one is so like right long and you know and the other one's shorter more compact like it's it's um so et all right. right second one and this is more will make a little bit more sense based on his ability is David Copperfield for, oh, for Jaden, because he will make the point of attack defend uh, scorer on the other team disappear. You th- <laughs> Anybody that knows Chad knows he has to work in David Copperfield every once Cop- in a while. Copperfield's the man. Yeah. Um, we will not disparage David Copperfield in this podcast. No, you get like the playoff game, you get jaw gets going, you throw Jade on him. That, that noise is gone. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I know Beverly was barking a little bit about how, he didn't score 47 points on the Wolves in the right. playoff series. Right. But that wasn't because of Patrick Beverly. Beverly struggled at times with Ja. I think he did a good job at, at times. Mm-hmm. He also got a little too overconfident and yeah. was getting beat late in game situations when Jaden was off the floor or at least off of Ant in situations. And Beverly was the sole defender. That's when Ja did all of his damage. Yeah. Earlier in the game when you could take Beverly off of him and put somebody else on, you know, Jaden was shutting him down and making life miserable for him. So, um, those are the two I came up with for Jaden. Fun. Playoffs are big for Jaden. All right, where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go with D'Lo. Okay. So D'Lo, this will make sense for my cat pick. I went with Iceman. I mean, yeah. How do you not go with Iceman? That's his nickname, <laughs> his moniker. Um, I, I did kind of have two for D'Lo as well. So I did Iceman because he's also kind of he's kind of the guy that I think fans, most fans, I, I actually like his personality better than I like his game. So I'm mm-hmm. a little bit more defensive of D'Lo because I think – He's one of the more thoughtful guys on the team. I, I I think when he's more articulate than a lot of the guys in terms of explaining the game of basketball, when you listen to it, it makes more sense coming out of him than it does from a lot of the other guys on the team. Um, but I think fans kind of see him as kind of arrogant and cocky and yeah. unlikable. In a, you know, he's not arrogant and cocky in a fun way like Maverick or like Teen Wolf. He is a little bit more prickly. Um, his personality. I think that's the way he's perceived by fans, like Iceman was. The other one I kind of came up with was Johnny Lawrence. Sure. Um, he was <laughs> the, a good kind call. of the guy, you know, when that when the Wolves traded for him, he was sort of the the second star, the the Robin to Cats Batman at a minimum. Um, possibly could be the more the bigger star in clutch situations and the game situations. And then along comes this kid out of <laughs> you know, instead of New Jersey, he's coming or Reseda. He's coming from um georgia and ant-man sort of takes that spot from him and he becomes like the the second star and and i do think there's a little bit of um a, a tad amount of jealousy from Dilo with with ant so i thought it fit the daniel larusso johnny lawrence yeah so i mean we're getting we're getting all the big ones in here so we gotta 
at least make a Johnny Lawrence reference here. Um, for D'Lo, I actually went with Gordon Gecko from Wall Street just because of his uh, primary famous quote of greed is good. Um, one of the most iconic uh, Wall Street movies ever, you know, all the way up until The Wolf of Wall Street from Leonardo DiCaprio. But uh, I just, you know, feel like D'Lo both in his game at times and, you know, with what's coming up to be a fairly contentious uh, contract extension conversation, it's just going to be a... I don't know if I trust him at this point to do what's best for the team. And I don't know if that's even his responsibility. He's going to do what's best for himself. But um, it's multiple different directions that this team could take either this offseason or next offseason because of uh, D'Lo and his expectation or lack of to still be a maximum salary player. So we're going to see where that goes. And, uh, you know, with his clutch time moments, his, his handling the ball, some of his quotes throughout the season, I thought that greed is good matched up with, with D'Lo a little bit. And that's probably too... That's a little unfair. It's a little bit too disparaging of what he did for the team this year. But uh, at least in terms of this conversation, that's that's the direction I took it. All right. So I also did use Iceman. Um, I he used him for Tori and Prince. Okay. I thought that uh, Iceman's arc throughout the movie, going from kind of a villain to being a a good role player by the end, being a, you know along Maverick's side in, in the final battle, uh, kind of mimicked where Prince went with this team, being the primary trade piece for Ricky Rubio, which is going to bring in some animosity. Uh, you know, I, I thought that we f- felt his game would fit pretty well, but it was never fun, you know, losing Rubio for a second time uh, this last off season, and so Prince came in, and then when he really didn't have a role, when he wasn't uh, playing a big part of this team, his shot wasn't falling for the first half of the year. You know, he was the brunt of some uh, disgruntlement from the fan base. And I think throughout the second half of the season, he really turned that around. He became an important role player for the team, especially when the whole bench mob started clicking you know, there in January and February and his, his shot was there. So um, I think just going from, from villain to, uh, to sidekick, you know, kind of mimicked the way that Iceman went throughout the movie. And, you know, he's, he's not Val Kilmer, but at right. least in terms of that, that relationship, that's the way it went. Sure. Yeah. I had struggled with Tori and Prince. I, I mentioned that to you earlier. Um, it's partly because his role kind of morphed over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, just his games look kind of unique. I, so it was tough. What, what I settled on was Rick Deckard. I don't know if you know who that, what that name is, but that's Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of saw Torian Prince as a little bit of a bounty hunter. He was sort of brought in as like a, a specialist to kind of take on a certain, a very specific foe. Um, and, and so in the games that Prince played, they were, you know, his role definitely increased towards the end of the season where he was playing pretty consistently anyway. Mm-hmm. But certainly the first half of the season and even the second half, like his minutes were heavily dependent on the the personnel of the opposing team because he fits a, a specific um, type of opponent better than others. You know, and sometimes we needed more size. So maybe Nas would play more minutes off the bench than the Prince or whatever, you know. Um, or conversely, it might be a smaller guy play more minutes. Jalen Noel might play more minutes than than Prince. So Prince is just you know sort of a specialist, uh, you know, like being right. able to seek out yeah. a, a very specific enemy. No, that's a good call. All right, let's bring it back to the starting lineup. I'm going to move us to uh, Patrick Beverly. When I was thinking about Bev, I, I figured we got to find an anti-villain here, somebody who's who's not really a good guy, but you want to cheer for anyway. Um, and I think that, I think this might be the one where we have the same. You think we're going the same direction? I'm going with Tony Montana for Patrick Beverly. 
That's exactly who I went with. <laughs> Especially the uh, the super coked up machine gun in each hand, yelling at everybody entering the buildings version of Tony Montana. And, I mean, and even I, you know, I I don't know if you started watching this podcast or not, but like the JJ Reddick podcast when Beverly was on there, and he's got like a very Tony Montana type of shirt yeah. with his glass of wine, and he's, I mean, he was every bit Tony Montana. Absolutely, and that's probably would be something that Patrick Beverly would be pretty happy. Not that he cares what our opinions are, but like if if he heard this was going on and he's seen who we picked for everybody else, he'd be like, "Yep, uh, I'm not going to like this." And then he hears he's Tony Montana. I'm sure he's he'd be thrilled. Yep, <laughs> we had to throw him that bone. I mean, it matches up so well. That was an easy one. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that was the first one I came up with. To be honest, on this entire <laughs> list, I wrote down all the players, and then I was just like, "Oh, Tony Montana." Yep. No, I also thought about Beetlejuice, um, and there were a couple others, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't over go past Tony Montana that one. Uh, let's finish out the starting lineup. Let's go with Vando. Who'd you have for him? For Vando, I went with Mad Max. Okay. Yep. Now, technically, the Mad Max movie, I think, was 1979. So, But Road Warrior was, like, in the early 80s. So yeah, you can pull it Same in. character. Yeah. Um, but Mad Max is kind of scrappy. I mean, Vando just looks like he came out of the movie set from Mad mm-hmm, Max. Mm-hmm. You watch some of the, the, the clothes that he wears walking into the arena, which, by the way, are, he's got my favorite drip. Yep. On the team. Like he's wearing <laughs> Rodman t-shirts and ripped up jeans. And like, I just like his, um, his wardrobe better than like D'Lo who's wearing like really nice suits and yeah, yeah. sweaters and really expensive clothes. I just, I prefer the, the vibe that Vando gives. Vando just, Vando is who Vando is and he knows it. Like he's comfortable with being the guy that he is. And that's that gritty, well, scratch and claw, do whatever it takes to survive kind of a, uh, personality yeah i i can't pull off any of the outfits that nba players wear but my <laughs> wife would not be surprised to see me try to pull off vando's outfits let's just put it at that uh vando was a hard one for me that was one, one of the last ones i came up with i ended up settling with uh, alex j murphy who ends up being robocop okay so uh, i just thought that uh you know he's he seems to be indestructible, and uh, I don't know, the, you know the, with the way he throws his body around, how physical he is, the energy he needs to play with. You know, there's a little part of him that seems to be a little bionic. So um, I, I figured I'd settle there. The, the personality doesn't match up, as you, as you mentioned, but uh, I just felt like I'm going to give him a little bit of a little bit of added reinforcement there with with the RoboCop reference. Nice, I like it. All right, we're moving to the bench. Uh, we already did Jaden. Let's go with let's go with uh, Malik Beasley. Why'd you go with with Malik for this one? So this one's going to sound, this is probably the the weirdest one, but hear me out. I went with Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> no, he's not Australian. He's yep. not blonde. But can you picture anybody else on this team besides Beasley saying that's not a knife? Right. This is, this a, is knife. a knife. Right. Yep. And he's like, a, he's another specialist guy, right? Like Crocodile Dundee, he's not a zookeeper. No. He doesn't deal with, you know, apes or he doesn't even deal with alligators. It's just strictly crocodiles. Absolutely. And that's. Beasley. Malik Beasley's a three-point <laughs> specialist. Um, so I just – he's also a little bit gnarly, kind of like uh, Vando in Mad Max, you know, like Crocodile Dundee. Like he's not um, – he's not cut out of the same mold as other players or other characters. Like mm-hmm. Crocodile Dundee mm-hmm. sticks out. He's like walking around Manhattan in a leather jacket and a, kind of like a cowboy hat with like the crocodile teeth wrapped around it. Like that's – I could – Honestly, talk about drifts. I think Beverly could pull, or Beverly Beasley could pull that that look off. Too, sure, the, the crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, crocodile. I, I might have crocodile. to break out my uh, Photoshop skills for this one later. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right, with Beasley, I, I went with uh, Inigo Montoya. 
I uh, thought that uh, there were a couple of references here. The first was, uh, I feel like this is kind of a theme for the team, but with how poorly he started the season and how when he switched it up and all of a sudden couldn't miss a shot, shot 47% on threes for a few months there. Uh, it, it reminded me of the scene where, uh, he, you know, he's fighting Wesley, you know, sword fighting Wesley, and then he's like, why are you smiling? He's like, because I am not left-handed. You know, and I was like, Beasley shot left-handed essentially for the first month and a half of the season as he worked his, himself into shape and then, you know, pulled it out and all of a sudden couldn't miss. Um, but also with the fact that Wesley was still better. So, I, you know, Beas- Beasley's good, um, but there, there's still more to be desired there. Hopefully he comes into the season ready. Uh, he won't have a, a jail stint this year, so that'll be nice. But um, and I had to work in Indigo Montoya. So well, it, It's funny. You say, I use Montoya as well. Did you? Who did you use him for? I use him for Bomaro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know a ton about Bomaro, but I can I can picture him sounding very much like Inigo Montoya. Right. Um, you have killed my father. <laughs> I, you know, he's. I'm looking for the six fingered man. <laughs> I, I just felt like, I mean, because we know so little on Bomaro. There's a couple guys like that. You know, when we get to some of the other ones that where I'm just like, okay, I had, I had to go for like the the cheapest connection, which is the foreign, yeah, the foreign yeah. Spanish Spaniard accent kind of. <laughs> All right, so for Balmaro, I considered how successful he looked in the G League versus how much I mean he didn't struggle it was tough to tell, tell if he was struggling in the NBA or just not getting the minutes in the NBA but it didn't translate or, or fit like yeah I mean, he was yeah. kind of put in a weird position with so I tried players. to think of who is the actor the 80s actor specifically who was a star on the small screen but couldn't quite translate it to the big screen who was a TV actor that tried movies and just was better known as a TV actor and I ended up settling with uh Jack Holden, also known as Ted Danson in Three Men and a Baby. Okay. Ted, Ted Danson has Cheers. He's had multiple shows since. He did, you know, did a CSI. He's done Good Place. He's now in Mr. Mayor. He's he's a star television actor. And there's really not a lot of uh, movie experience or movie uh, resume there besides Three Men and a Baby. And I'm not saying he was bad in Three Men and a Baby. He's just he didn't have the opportunity to translate in the same way that television did. So um, that's kind of the, the way I went with for Balmaro's season. Okay. I can see that connection. There we go. All right. Uh, let's go with Nas. Who'd you have for Nas? Nas. Who did I have for Nas? I had, man, I didn't realize I did this, but it's another Top Gun one. Goose. He's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of Carl's wingman, right? Like he's yeah. a poor man's version of Carl. Um, he, you know, he's, you know, I was at, um, they did a event, season ticket event for, um, where you could come and see Towns, just do a Q and A for yeah. fans. And it was a small group. There might've been 50 people there. And somebody asked towns if he was stranded on an Island, which teammate would he want to be stranded with? Sure. If, and he had, to, it had to be a teammate. And I assumed he would go D because we know how yeah. close friends, are. but he immediately ruled out aunt. He said, aunt would drive him crazy. <laughs> all of his made up words like yeah. thirsty and stuff like he's like, he would just, he's just too on all the time. Yeah. He would drive me. There's no downtime around aunt. And then he went with Nas, and he said Nas has been one of his best friends since, like, first grade. I, did, I had no idea they Crazy. knew each other that yeah. long until I saw that. I mean, and it isn't was, Ant, like, or isn't Carl, like, five years, years old, older than Nas? A couple of years older. I don't, I don't know exactly how many years it is, but he is older, and that's how it, that's how they became friends is because Nas was put on, in the same basketball program with them. Yeah. On the younger kids group, but Nas worked with Cat and wanted, like... He was always sort of Cat's like little brother. Weird, yeah. And that's kind of how Cat described him. And he goes, he's like, he's, 
been like my little brother by Funny. almost my entire life. So that's the other reason why I picked him as Goose is he's yeah, you know, his he's best right friend. Yeah. He's, you know, he's his, he is his wingman. He's like, if Cat comes off the floor, Nas is going in there because Nas approximates what Cat does as well as any backup center could because mm-hmm. Cat's such a weird right. starting center. I mean, there's nobody in the league that does what Cat does. So it's like, it's weird to have a backup that kind of does, um, only less effective. And because unfortunately Nas might get ejected into a roof here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see where that goes. Uh, so for Nas, I, I also considered the approximating what Carl does. And I, it, it, this would have worked better if I had gone with uh, Scott Howard for Carl. I ended up using Scott Howard for Jaden. But I'm going with Todd Howard for Nas from the movie Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> the boxer. The relative of... Uh, Scott Howard. Scott Howard. And, uh, it's and Jason Bateman, right? Played by Jason Bateman. So you know that, that that's an underrated movie. You know the talent's there. He has the, the talent to pull it off, yet not as successful as the original Teen Wolf. Yeah. Approximating, approximating the exact same thing, trying to fit the same mold, but had potential, just was, couldn't pull it off. So that's that's the way I went with uh, with Nas. I feel like he's, like you said, he's supposed to do what Carl does. He's supposed to allow the team to play the same style of play when he's on the floor as Carl does. Um, but just, he's not Carl and you, you know, he's not Carl, even when you're watching him and those minutes when he's on the floor is, are going to be completely dependent on who else is on the floor with him or whether or not you like teen wolf too. So, which I do. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the, the direction I went with not. Uh, I went, got the same, the same result, just different. Path. Yep. We did. Who do you want to go with next? Uh, let's see. Who do you have left? Um, let's go with. Uh, let's go with Jordan McLaughlin. Okay. So for Jordan McLaughlin, I went with Ferris Bueller. Sure. Uh, um, he's smart. He's clever. Everyone likes him. Mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of days off just because I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's playing hooky, but he, but he didn't get to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just kind of has it. He's always sort of the same. Like his energy vibes kind of always the same. Happy. Yeah. But not like exuberant. You know, like he plays it cool, like kind of like Ferris does. Um, so yeah, I just again another iconic character I had to work in the list. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And McLaughlin fit the bill to me. There you go for J Mac. I ended up going with Data from Goonies. Okay, because he he's got a nonstop bag of tricks. He's uh he's got the uh, the punching the the boxing glove belt. He's got the the zip line. He's setting up booby traps all over the place and. Uh, the the energy that Data talks with seems to be the same amount of energy that, that McLaughlin plays with. So um, I wanted to work in Goonies somehow, and I, I felt that one worked out pretty well. I like it. So let's go Good. with uh, Jalen Noel next. I had um, I had William H. Bonney, who's also known as Billy the Kid from the movie Young Guns, played by Emilio great. Estevez. Great, another great movie. So uh, I, there's not a whole lot there besides the fact that you could... Consider Jalen Noel one of the young guns. He's a gunner. He's a, he's a bucket. He's going to go out there and get you some baskets. And it's not going to be a it's not going to be an Oscar winner. It's not going to be a a primetime star like we talked about with uh, Marty McFly or Maverick. But Estevez in that role and and it just kind of turned into a movie that is well respected and had lots of big names in it. But I'm going with Young Gun. All right, I dig it. Well, my is probably punching a little above his weight class <laughs> yeah. with the character I picked. Um, and that's not a slight to Jalen Noel. It's just this guy was shot to the moon when he uh, came out. It was uh, I went with Axel Foley. 
Sure. <laughs> From Beverly Hills Cop, uh, which, by the way, I just watched that movie over the weekend, like, partly. Yeah, how does that hold up? It holds up awesome. Like, Hayden was <laughs> rolling. He had never seen it. Um, I went with Axel because Axel can... He like again, a likable guy. He can go a little bit rogue. He'll do things outside of the lines of what the way the rest of the department maybe wants him to do it. Um, like Jalen, Jalen's he's he'll bring a mid range game to the the offense that it doesn't really fit in the Timberwolves offensive scheme. But yeah. Jalen is going to use it anyway, and it's effective, and it's gotten us out of some sticky situations the way Axel Foley does. Um, and Jalen kind of has that cool factor, that moxie that. Axel Foley has as well, just from like I sort of his personality. He's just just kind of a cool guy. Like he just seems like he'd be um like somebody that the pressure doesn't get to him the way like just like Axel Foley. Like you know, he could be in some tough situations, but you never really know it. He's always got that laugh and whatever. And Jalen's kind of the same way, where you know, you put him in a game cold, um, and he you know, he's gonna get you a bucket when you really need it because he's not gonna get the moment's never gonna be too big for him. Love it. That's a good one. We only have a few left. We were really moving our way to the end of the bench here. We're out of our 11-man rotation. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Josh Kogi next. Did you come up with one for him? I did. Okay. It's probably going to be more well-known than mine. So let's see where you went. <laughs> I went with Boba Fett. Okay. Um, again, he it was, it was probably more appropriate earlier in his tenure with the Wolves. Yeah. I know like we have the uh, Kogi one Kenobi or whatever that people were sure. calling him because so there is a star Wars reference, but I went Boba Fett because he's like, he had Boba Fett had a really small part in the star Wars yeah. movies. Like he was only in, I think one of them and only in a few minutes of it. Right. And that's kind of the way Okogi was this year. But whenever he's out there, he is like a bony hunter. He's his, and his bony is like, he's going to lock up whoever's a problem for us at sure. that time. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I, you know, I just like, he's, I think he's unheralded a little bit. And Boba Fett got his sort of, as Kat would say, flowers later. Mm-hmm. Like after the movies had already kind of run their course, you know, he became more popular because the action figure looked cooler. And, you know, like he, he looks the part, right? And that that's kind of how Okogi is as well. Um, and I, I think we've kind of forgot how good Okogi was at what he did well. Yeah. Like he doesn't fit this team as well because he can't shoot. But man, like, if we just took a time machine back to that Houston playoff series and him locking down James Harden, like pri- not James Harden today, but mm-hmm. like prime James right. Harden. Like, I think he was on everybody's top three list for a favorite Timberwolves at that time. If yeah. not top two, you know, he was incredible. So, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to slight him with somebody not as deserving. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, I went with, so I considered the fact that we may have seen the end of Josh Okogian with the Timberwolves. And that's not a, that's not a given. He's a restricted free agent this year. But um, with the way that his, his role has changed and the, the amount of money that would need to be put into keeping him on the roster, even if he signed that qualifying offer, um, there's a chance that we, we will not see Josh Okogian. Yeah, the I Timberwolves. fully expect he's done. Yeah. I mean... Because he could be a Dylan Brooks for a lot of different teams, right? Like, so somebody's going to come and get him. Yeah, I mean, he, he can be a lockdown defender. And even if that's for a bad team, he can have a larger role. So I think he's going to have some value. And um, so I I took a look throughout the, the 80s, and I, I went with a character named Earl Keese. And if you've never heard of Earl Keese, it's because he was in a movie called The Neighbors, which is another movie you've probably never heard of. 
But The Neighbors was the last movie filmed by uh, John Belushi before his untimely death. So John Belushi, who was a top star, you know, through his time, he was one of the top comedic actors in the game. Uh, you know, some big, big time movies came back for one last run with uh, Dan Aykroyd for a movie called The Neighbors in 1981. It was not a big hit. It was not uh, at the top of his game anymore. But uh, I think we can never forget John Belushi for what he did in his prime. And I don't, I don't want us to ever forget Josh Akogi for what he was able to do in his first few years as well. So um, The Neighbors was Belushi's last movie. And I think we might have seen the, the end of, of Josh Akogi with the Timberwolves. So I went with... With Earl Keese, a name that everybody should remember for all of time. It's probably the only place they will have heard it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's never coming back up. I've never heard of that guy. Yeah. All right. We, we have a, only a couple left. Uh, did you do Jake Lehman? I did. All right. Who do you got for Lehman? Um, you're not going to know the name, but you'll know the character. Andrew okay. Clark. Yeah. That is Emilio Estevez's character in The Breakfast Club. Okay. Got it. Um, so Jake Lehman, he looks like the all-American yep. kid. like clean cut, always does the right thing, a jock, you know, like that, that was Emilio's version in, in uh, Breakfast Club. He, I have to believe that Jake Lehman was the most popular kid in his high school because mm-hmm. uh, he's a seemingly really nice guy. Every, all the teammates seem to really like him. He's a freak athlete, like, but he's just, he's not as big as like Tom Cruise was in the eighties. Emilio never hit Tom Cruise status. Right. right? Like, right. and that's Jake Lehman. He's not hitting like that star status. Again, another guy like Okogi, who I think a lot of different teams, including playoff teams could use a Jake Lehman on their team as a, you know, as a role player. Yeah. Not saying even six man, but he could be a guy that fits on a team that just needs a little bit more athleticism, you know, attacking the rim and, and I mean, Jake Lehman's better at that than people even give him credit for. We just haven't seen it because, again, it doesn't fit the Timberwolves mold of you have to be a a three-point shooter or a lockdown defender to get any minutes on this team around the three stars. And he's he's neither of those. And so, um, you know, I think we've also probably seen the end of Jake Lehman as a Timberwolf. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. All right. I went with uh, with a bigger named character. Uh, Not that... Breakfast Club isn't a popular movie, and lots of people know what that is. But I went with uh, Clark W. Griswold from Vacation and or Christmas Vacation. I try to find out, <laughs> try to find a guy to get Clark in there. I went with a guy whose boss doesn't know his name, who's most well known for th- everything going wrong for him, uh, and uh, nobody's more lovable than Clark W. Griswold. And Christmas Vacation is probably my favorite Christmas movie, and I, I'll watch it every year, and um, I'll pull that one back out, but. It seems like everything went wrong for Lehman over the last couple of years with the Timberwolves, whether it was injuries or being replaced in the rotation or just not being able to hit the necessary shots that it took to, to stay in the rotation. Um, it was unfortunate, but I think he's a guy that the entire fan base wanted to cheer for, that they you know they got on their feet for every time he was able to get into the game as a either a victory cigar or a, a concession flag, um, whatever it ended up having to be. But There, there was a game I was at. Early midseason when we were up by like 25 or 30 and they put layman in and he hits a dunk and there was mvp chance right yep. in the building people wanted it to go well for him yeah, just, that, that yeah. got a little carried away with as, <laughs> as a whole for the yes. Timberwolves this year where everybody was getting that oh uh, that drove um, but, me crazy during game i was at so i went to game three as as did you and when beverly was taking his first free throws and immediately getting mvp chance i was yeah. like settle he down yeah. yeah but um mid mid-season they weren't doing that for everybody they were doing it for like cat 
and right. occasionally Ant you would hear a little bit, but it was a little quieter even yeah. for Ant. Even though Ant clearly at the beginning of the, in, in the intros always gets the loudest pop, but for the most part the fans were semi realistic in that Cat was the only one that's mm-hmm. really yeah MVP on the edges yeah, of that yeah, conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Layman was getting some of those, <laughs> like you know, in late December, early mid December. So he's a fan favorite, but it didn't, uh, it never quite worked out for him. But uh, all right, I have one left. Do you? How many do you have left? I have one left as well. All right, I think they're different players. Who do you have? I have Nathan Knight. Okay. <laughs> I went with Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go Spicoli here from uh, Fast Times at Richmond High, but yeah, I think he's more of a burnout. Ted Theodore Logan is more of just like a fun kind of party guy. Right. And if you've been to a Wolves game this year and you got early enough to see the shoot arounds before tip off and stuff, you'll see Nathan Knight is just a. Oh, yeah. He's a. I want to say. Yeah. I don't want to say he's a clown, but he's no. a character for sure out there. I mean, he's got little one on one games with just about every player on the team that are weird. They like either will they have to bounce the ball from the three point line into the hoop. They have to do all these great things. And the weird thing is he's good at all of these things. Like he's a, I, with the game you and I went to, yeah. I was like, okay, watch anything. Tonight. He can stroke it from three. He can. Like, yeah. It's crazy. It, it's weird. I, and you don't see it in a game. I mean, one, he hardly plays, but even when he played, he did, I don't even know. I don't recall him even taking a three point shot this year. Maybe he did, but he, he's just, he's kind of goofy. Yeah. He took uh, 13 three point way. shots this year, Chad. Wow, 13. Uh, over 82 games, he got 13. Yep. Uh, and, you know, so he's, he's, uh, so, and, and I went with Ted Theodore Logan because he's the more famous of the right, two. Right, right. Two guys, so. I like it. So I didn't have Knight. I did have Greg Monroe, though. I came up with a reference for him. I used Moonlight Graham from the movie Field of Dreams. <laughs> okay. He pops in for about uh, 10 minutes in the middle of the movie, gets taken out with the, with the players into the field and disappears, never to be seen again. <laughs> and uh I, I you know Monroe got pulled back a little bit for the playoff series. I think he played about four minutes, whatever it happened to be. He had a little bit of a, a good run in I, what was it game four when Nas didn't play, but um for the most part, he showed up, he played the strong game, he won us a game against Boston, which nobody expected when all of our starters were out with covid and uh he was a star for one day and then disappeared and even though we kept talking about him he he was kind of nowhere to be seen so. Uh, that's the last reference I had. That's uh, that's our 1980s movie reference uh, comparisons for the 2021-22 Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, like I said, this is part one of our two-part uh, season recap. We will be back early next week with a with an episode to really discuss, you know, kind of where where each of these players is at are at in terms of their future with the team, how we consider them, you know, whether their stock went up and down as the season went on. Um, some some good conversations there. So uh, join us again next week. Thank you very much for uh, listening to uh, Howl History. We appreciate each and every one of you. Chad, have a wonderful week. All right, man. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah.